What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live.
good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Friday night assembly and Bible study. Appreciate you one the ones that's there tonight. Appreciate it very much you being in the chat room. No, brother Chad's enjoying himself. Him and sister Maureen up there in the North Country. I kind of envy you folks. I'm stuck down here in the old mosquito-ridden south for the time being. But anyway, I hope all y'all's week went well. I hope um, the Lord answered your prayers that were on your heart, and I hope that your walk with him has been just a little bit closer this week than it was last week. And remember, through the trials and tribulations and the troubles that we go through, that's the way we're drawn closer to him. So never get it backwards. Ever the world's got it backwards, you know, they got it all screwed up. They think that everything is all the bad stuff and everything, all the trials and tribulations and everything. Oh, that's not blessings. That's not blessings. They've just got, they don't even, under, they don't even halfway understand the book. You know, that verse in Philippians 1.29, it says it is given to you in the behalf of Christ, not only, not only to believe on him, but also to have plenty of money and showers of blessings forever. Ain't that what it says, Brother David? No, no, it doesn't say that. No, it sure doesn't. For it is given to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his sake. That's part of the Christian life. But anyway, I'm not going to get off that doctrine tonight, but it's true. Think about that when the pain comes, and it will. And when the tears come, and they will. When the debts come, and they usually do, unless you're blessed not to be in that situation. Think about try, try to bring that stuff forth. That get, you gain strength through that pain. That's a lesson I've had to learn over 44 years, and I can attest not only attest to it by the words of God over and over and over again. Doctrinally, but through experience. So, it's a very important doctrine to understand. And when I was down in Baltimore there last weekend, and I was, you know, talking to a lot of Christians, born again, most of them, you know, people who were Christians since their childhood, um, people who believed in the Word, preached the Word, you know, it's all about Jesus. And So many of them, though, think that they're promised peace and joy all the time. If they're in God's will, they should have peace and joy. And if they don't have peace and joy, it's because they've stepped out of God's will. They've sinned or done something wrong. Oh, yeah, I've heard that doctrine. And the deal is you're supposed to have the peace and joy while the trouble's going on. Amen. Amen. They can, but... Yeah. There can be a little bit of pain and suffering, like you were saying, oh, tears. You're not having joy and crying at the same. Well, <laughs> there is almost that, isn't there? Yeah, it's a paradox, folks. Is yeah. what it is. It's a paradox, like the greatest Christian had ever lived, saying he was the chiefest of sinners, mm. the one that was personally taught by the Lord Jesus Christ, saying that his everything he had ever done, he counted dung. Mm-hmm. It's all this paradox. You know, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? Uh, the, 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 you have, the book can only be understood spiritually. 
It, it, it's it's nothing but a bunch of uh, contradicting uh, phrases, paragraphs, and sentences to those that do not have the Spirit of God. Amen. That's what it is to the world. Anyway, Brother Dave, open us in a word of prayer, Brother. Yes. Father, we come tonight with grateful hearts, Lord, for all the gifts that you've given to us, that you've sent us to this earth and you've allowed us to be born again of the Spirit of God and to know the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. And we give thanks, Lord, that we're born of the Spirit of God through the blood of Jesus Christ and the circumcision of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, Father, tonight I, I just lift up to you all the saints. I lift up to you Howard Stencil, Lord, Lord. and I pray that he would continue by the Holy Ghost, to be compelled to read the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit teach him as he reads that, and that Brother um, Pete can teach him when they come together, and they can talk to each other, and Howard will probably even lay something on Brother Pete that he didn't know, because the Holy Spirit does things like that, hallelujah. And Lord, I just pray they have great fellowship together over the Word of God and over their Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I, I, I'm just going to call out names of people. You know all their needs, Lord. There, there are many. I, li- I lift up to you, Pastor Don, Lord, and you know all his needs, and we lift them up every day. And we thank you, Lord, for meeting his needs. And for Sister Cammie, Lord, we thank you for meeting that that need that she has um, wanted to be private. And we know that that need is being met. And, Lord, we lift up to you, Kevin, and we thank you, Lord, for blessing him and Stephen, Julie, Greenup, and Brother Brian over in England, Lord. We pray for him that he'd be able to come back into this fellowship, hook up with us, and we thank you that he can download. And, Lord, I lift up, lift up to you, Brother Bruce Gorman, who hasn't been around for a while, but, Lord, we know you're working in his life. And, Lord, I, I lift up to Peter Rogers, and I thank you, Lord, for working in his life and continuing to meet his needs and lead him in victory. And Lord, uh, we lift up to you, Brother Joe in Vancouver, Lord, and we thank you that you're leading him in victory in Christ Jesus for your word's sake and for your name's sake. And William, Lord, we thank you for continuing to move and work in his life and perfect him. And Chad and Brother Chad and Sister Maureen, Lord, we thank you that you're perfecting them and leading them to glory in Christ Jesus. And for Tony Adams and family, Lord, we thank you for moving in their life, and for Shannon, Lord, that whatever it takes, she repent, and for Zeta, Lord, that she get saved, and for Adam Kendrick, Lord, that he'd, he'd know the peace and love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Lord, we thank you for David Hummel, that you're continuing to move and work in his life, and for Willis Fraser, Lord, we thank you that he's saved in Jesus' name, and for uh, Brother Calvin out there in Saskatchewan, Lord, that he repent of his pride and get saved. And, Lord, we thank you for teaching by the Holy Spirit, Brother Holler, and making him a true, mature man of God, able to rightfully divide the Word of God. And we thank you, Lord, for Brother Steve Lipsy and his mother and all their service to Pastor Don and to continue to work in their life and his daughter's life. And, Lord, we thank you for saving Maureen's brother, Paul Smith, Lord, that he be saved and for protecting little Ezra. And, Father, tonight I pray that the Holy Ghost teach all of us by your Spirit all the things that the Lord Jesus wants us to know so that we can be 
wearing the white robes of the saints and being in the marriage feast with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Father, watch over Brother Sergio and his family and his, his mom. Take yes, Lord. Them. Lord, keep them safe. Put angels around Brother Sergio, Father, and continue to teach him out of this book, Father, as long as his heart is subjective to learning. And he's open, Father. Keep showing him things out of your book, Father. We'll give you all the honor and the praise for Amen. It. Yes. In Jesus' name. And by the way, I'll go ahead and make an announcement. Brother Dave, um, I, had, I didn't call you because I didn't find out till this afternoon, but there has been some positive developments in uh, that unspoken request about that individual that came here last week. They got in yes. with a with a psychologist that had is that knows all about that kind of um uh, targeting individuals and everything. They lived in Hawaii and they talked for four hours on the telephone and she stayed up at my up in my daughter's place for three days and so there's and whenever she left she was a hundred percent better than when she got here. So just thought I'd let right. you know that. Excellent, excellent. Uh let you know about that. Anyway, well what what's going on? In the in the Christian world, it, not only the world itself is a paradigm shift going on, but as well as in the real Christian world as well. The the mass the big the big thing about what's going on in the Christian world is the Christian world is actually it's it's just making a circle. It's coming back to the supernatural element of Christianity. In different ways, in different aspects. For the longest period of time, that's the only thing there was was the supernatural element in Christianity. All you got to do is read the church fathers, Ignatius, Polycarp, Irenaeus, Tertullian, all the early church fathers, and you know that, and you realize that that after Constantine married the church to the world in 325 A.D., 319 A.D., somewhere right in there, that when they paganized Christianity, there and then the Renaissance area, after the Reformation started, during the Renaissance area, there came a swing towards scientism and naturalism. It inculcated the church, the schools, families, everybody, it was like a wave to where if you couldn't see it, touch it, feel it, or see it, it wasn't real. And it it, it, it had gotten to the point among real Bible-believing Christianity, and it even still is today among some of the brothers and sisters, that they'll, they'll believe in the, the, a resurrection. They'll believe somebody rolled a stone away and walked out, but that's where their supernatural aspect of Christianity stops. And it never has ceased to amaze me how they'll claim they believe Christ rose from the dead. But yet that's where it ends. The Bible doesn't say anything about the supernatural element of Christianity ending. It says there's some aspects to the gifts that were perpetrated because Judah sought for a sign that ends. But as far as the supernatural aspect in the supernatural world, interchanging with the natural world, it has never stopped. It's been overlooked. Demon possession has been traded off for mental illness. 
Yes. Things like that. In the scientific, God's hand working in nature, working in our lives has been has been swapped off for medical science, for medicine, pharmacia, witchcraft. I can go on and on, but the the main thing is naturalism. There's been, there's there's a shift taking place now, and, and even the science is married to the oh supernatural yeah. oh absolutely 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 scientism. It, scientism is nothing more than religion. I'm not talking about real science, folks. Paul makes the, the distinct difference in in First Timothy chapter six, verse twenty. He tells you to beware of science, falsely so called. There's yeah. nothing wrong with real science. Anything that, that you have a theory and it, and you and you do the experimentation and it's repeatable over and over again, that's true science. But theoretical science is nothing more than somebody's imagination, and it's become to, it's gotten to the point to where it is a religion. It's not true science. It's science falsely so called. All this theoretical stuff—that's all it is—is it's out of somebody's brain. Okay, it's true science fiction, quasars, black holes, all that. This science fiction, folks. And trying to open up portals. Yes, all the all the all that stuff. Who's ever seen a portal? You know, I'm yeah. sure the Lord. Knows, the Lord says there's doors and windows yes. in heaven. You want a portal? There you go. That's a real portal. That's a, that's a real. But the Lord calls it a door and calls it a window in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Science is trying to reach the supernatural, right? That's right. Open up portals or doors. That's exactly correct. But science, that today's quote unquote science is nothing more than real science fiction. It's 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 poppycock. It's poppycock. Medical science, same thing. They you go to school, you spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars for an education to learn how to pronounce a big a bunch of words that's hard to pronounce. When all you gotta do is tell somebody if their stomach hurts, take a pill. Yeah, I see. You know, like we've even read and other people, and there's videos made of it, like things like uh, Tesla and Bell and some of these, uh, you know, Edison. They had contacts with the spirit realm involved. Well, I I say Edison was just a freaking idiot Jew. Okay, Nikola Tesla had some good points. Oh, they all had a good work going on, but what I'm saying is they had contacts in their work and with spirits in many cases. Oh, there's no doubt about that. The, the, the explosion in technology, I've laid it at the table of where the, where it belongs, where it needs to be laying many, many times, and we'll continue to do so. It's passed and nowadays, information. our science is being run by what is called... AI, artificial intelligence. It's computers. And we got these quad computers and these even more recent computers coming out that have the computing power that just is totally unreal, baffling. And but what you see these they don't know how these computers are running. They had, you know, formulas and theories that they run on and now they've taken over. 
they're making their own formulas and their own theories and even their own languages they're speaking back and forth to each other. And, and the scientists don't know how they're doing it. They're losing control of them. And I believe that there's a marriage there between computers and demon spirits. That's what we're seeing. Well, I'll tell you, if you want the scripture for what Brother David just told you, it's in Daniel chapter 11. I was discussing it with my daughter yesterday. Y'all remember when we went through Daniel 11 the other day? I didn't spend much time on it, but in times gone by, I just I would mention it, then I would park and not say anything, wait to see if there was any kind of uh, response, if anybody had any ideas. Real quick, Brother David, go to Daniel 11. I'll show them what I'm talking about and see how you deal with it. Now that Brother David's mentioned what he mentioned, and I've made a few comments about the, super, the the paradigm shift back to the actual real truth, which is natural and supernatural together. That's exactly what's going to happen, according yeah. to God. That's according to the Word of God. If you can't read the Bible, then that's your problem. You've got you can't read English. Go to Daniel chapter eleven and go down where it talks about the vile person. With all these little g-gods, then it says he worships the god, big g, of forces. Oh, yes. Be down somewhere between yeah, verse uh, 20 and 21, verse I believe. Here we are. I'll start at 20. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days he shall be destroyed neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overthrown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army, and the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table. But it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, 
but it shall not be as the former or as the latter, for the ships of Chittim shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And the arms shall stand on his part, and arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Now, just real quick before he goes any further, I always remind you people, because I'm honest about it, that daily sacrifice has been put in there. Okay? The King James translators were the most honest translators that's ever lived. Whenever they put in something of their own making, they told you they did. They did it in parentheses. Okay? There's there's no manuscript in the world that's ever been found that ever said anything about a daily sacrifice. All it says is daily. Brother Dave, don't you see the sacrifice in parentheses? Yes, I do. That's, that's an honest. Translation, folks. It's the word of God. It's what it is. But anyway, that's, I just wanted to bring it to your attention because I never know who's new in here. Okay? That might be latched on to some godless Alexandrian manuscript bunch of junk. Because that's what it is, folks. It's, it's instead of God's Bible, it's Lucifer's Bible. It's his wise way of getting in on, quote, unquote, the word of God, which is not the word of God. Go ahead. Keep on reading, brother. I'm not going to go off on that now. Verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity, and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be holpen with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall, to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself. Watch, watch this. This is almost a direct quote out of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. But watch what's added here in Daniel. Go ahead, brother. And magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the God, capital G, of gods, small g, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God, capital G, of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. Ah, that's where I want you to stop. And now, any of you spiritual-minded Bible students, handle that one. That's a big G. 
Am I right, David? Yes. God of horses. What in the world could he be talking about? What in the world could he... It's done talked about all the other little G-gods versus our God, God the Father, but what, what is this God of forces? How was he... What do you mean, honor the God, the big G-God of forces? Folks, I don't know the answer. I'm just telling you what Brother David said previously about this artificial intelligence, man-made being taken over by something that's not man, which it is. It's being taken over by the spiritual realm. That's what Brother David was trying to tell you a while ago, right, Brother yes. David? They're, they're beginning to, to control all operations. For example, in the military, the, desi- um, the decision to kill is now being taken over by computer systems, and they don't even know how they operate. Folks, listen. Whether you believe it or not, don't be ignorant. Go find out if it's true. Okay? The same way when I get when I tell you something, like I, I'll, I'll reiterate it again until it, it, it's ad nauseum. It, it'll be so ad nauseum it's going to make you sick, but good. I hope it does. When I'm teaching and we're giving you facts here, you don't believe a word we say, go check it out yourself. Yes. I'm just reiterating what I think the Spirit of God is giving me through the Scriptures to you. Let the Spirit of God, who is the real teacher, do the teaching. Don't you take a word I say. You'll even listen to what I say. And you choose to believe what you want to, but check out everything that I say. I've been wrong many times and probably been wrong many times in the future. But the Word of God's never wrong. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All of them capital. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You want to know truth, it's in Jesus Christ, big W, and in his word, the little W. They're so close together, you can't split them. I've taken you to Hebrews 4 and showed you that. Not my opinion. Not my opinion. And you want to holler errors? You want to holler mistranslations when God promises he'll preserve it forever? If so be the Spirit of God dwells in you, you will answer for that at the judgment seat of Christ. But this is that he will honor the God of forces. And we're seeing a paradigm shift. The naturalistic view of things is changing, people. I've been prepping you over the last few years by what I've been telling you about the days of Noah and how God says everything that has been, that is now, has already been, and that he's going to require that which is past. Now, you want to read in the Hebrew, it says the same thing. Okay. Did you hear what I said? That which is, is, is that which has already been. 
and God requireth that which is past. And just as it was in the antediluvian period, before the flood, supernatural and natural will walk hand in hand, knowing both are there at the same time, visually, touchable, talkable, and and we're moving we're moving into that paradigm so fast it's exponential, brother Dave. Just real quick, go read Ecclesiastes three fifteen, so they'll know I didn't make this up. Okay. Ninety nine percent of people don't even know that's in the Bible, written by the wisest man that ever lived. It tells you there's nothing new under the sun to start the whole book off. And then in chapter 3, verse 15, read them what it says, Brother David. It says, That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. Got that? And God requireth that which is past. There you go. You want a second witness? It's in the first chapter, within the first ten verses. So what is this God of forces? I don't know. I'm asking you. God's never gave me an answer, but I can assure you one thing. It has something to do with what's going on today. It has something to do with the supernatural because <coughs> that's a big G. I don't understand how it can reconcile it. I don't, folks. I don't know. I ain't never heard another Bible teacher even spend any time discussing it. At least I'm bringing it to your attention. Maybe the Spirit of God will show you something. But I'm telling you the stuff Brother David's talking about. You're going to have... You see, you see, when God makes something, it's eternal. It's the first law of thermodynamics. Matter can after God's created the thing, the enclosed cosmology, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It's already been done. God did it to start with and, and put it all in place. It just changes forms. It's like when you boil water on a stove. It goes from water to steam to moisture in the air, but it's not in the pit in the pail of water anymore. Your thing's empty. It didn't disappear. It changed forms. Yes. The angels that sinned, their natural, their orchiteria, their body was destroyed, but their chain, their soul, they live, or as it said, they live the eternal life. That's what it says in Enoch. Or their supernatural soul lives forever. Well, the ones that were half human and half immortal, the offspring of Genesis 6, 1 through 4, their bodies went back to the dirt, but their immortal part lives forever. Where is it at? We know according to the extra-canonical book, the pseudepigraphal book, which I do not claim to be Scripture, but it does not disagree with the Scripture. When it disagrees with the Scripture, I throw it in file 13. But if the Word of God backs it up, 
I take it as the truth because the word of God's already told me. They're running around somewhere. That book says that they inhabit bodies, that they're demons, that that's yes. where demons come from. Absolutely. Well, if demons, if a legion of thousands of demons can inhabit one person, don't you imagine that there's a bunch of demons could inhabit a machine as well that's man-made? Oh, yes. And then on the microscopic in... level of nanotechnology? See what I'm saying, Brother David? Oh, absolutely. In, in the Old Testament and in the New, we've seen that they inhabited these idols. That's right. Now they're inhabiting machine idols. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And see, folks, we our paradigm after the Renaissance, like I said, with all the great philosophers, you know, Tuchel, Strait, Hume, all the, the philosophers of old time, they turned to the naturalistic view. It, the paradigm shifted from the supernatural view, which lasted for almost 1,500, which did last for 15, practically 1,500 years after the resurrection, is coming back in vogue again. And it's coming back in vogue, and Satan has his guns loaded to the brim with extra rounds of ammunition, so to speak. Amen. As it was in the days of Noah, so As shall it be coming. As it was and, in the days of Noah. And in and, Luke ten nineteen, Jesus told us, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe Jesus didn't like snakes, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Actual <laughs> serpents and scorpions. And, and over you can take all it either the way. Power of the enemy? Yes, that's right. Over can... all the power of the enemy. That's right? exactly right. You can and, mm-hmm. and I shot, we went back as we we went to uh, Joel the other night, but we didn't go far enough in Joel chapter two about the army that can't be killed. They fall on their swords. We're going to go read that shortly, and then we're going to go on and finish up chapter 38 and 39 with more of a naturalistic view. I'm just trying to get you to pray and think when you study. And this naturalist, just because you don't believe it, that don't mean nothing, folks. If the book says it, that's the way it is. And just through generation, all it takes is one generation, folks, change a paradigm. Do you know that? All it takes is one generation of children all over the world to be taught by a certain group of teachers that what they're teaching them is true and not being told any different like it used to be when kids was taught at home and the Word of God was used as a teaching instrument. What they're being taught now is a pack of lies. And it'll only take one generation to totally sway the mind of a, of a whole people. Once we die out, folks, it's, it, it, except for the remnant, if the Lord tarries, it's over. Except for the remnant. God promises the remnant. There will, always, there will be a remnant, but it'll be small. Amen. As a matter of fact, it's so small, he says if he didn't shorten the time, there'd be no flesh left alive. 
what you think is just a the in your life what you think is just happenstance on the other side of the veil right next to you is going on a war there's things taking place on the other side of the veil you have control over and from this side of the veil how do you know Amen. that Daniel tells you that Daniel chapter 10. Amen. And on the other side, they have an effect what's going on on this side of the veil. Now, folks, I don't care if your Bible teacher had an IQ of 5,433. If he didn't bring these points out to you, it's not because he was being mean or lying to you. It's just because the Holy Spirit did not bring up this as an important topic for that period of time. Or if you've been taught different to where this subject is laughed about or poo-pooed, then you've been taught with the paradigm of naturalism and scientism. You have not been taught from the supernatural aspect of the Word of God. which is a living organism, according to it itself. Christ calls it the living words of the living God. The words, he said, that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. And until you approach it like that, until you can possibly get out of your cognitive dissonance, If you're not too overwhelmed by it to where that's just the way you want to live out the rest of your life in denial and claim to be a Bible believer but yet won't believe what the book says, then the only one going to suffer for it is you, not only here, but also at the judgment seat of Christ. You say, what's that got to do with everyday life? Everything. Why do you think Paul says in everything give thanks? Why do you say Paul, think Paul says pray without ceasing? Why do you say why do you think Paul says what well, finally brethren whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are of good report why think on these things why do you tell why do you think he tells you that? Why do you think Paul says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities powers? against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every thought. That's your everyday thoughts, folks. And every imagination and every stronghold that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. See, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room, contrary to what most quote-unquote Christians believe. You ever get a grip on it, and you ever start approaching every day from the morning when your eyes come open? So you lay down at night to close your eyes to get some rest. 
till you approach it that way, you'll never be walking the life the Lord intends you to walk. That's how big a paradigm, that, that's how big a shift took place to the point to where the, even the reformers tried to turn everyday common labor into spiritual work. That's how, that's how strong the paradigm shifted. And I'm telling you now, the paradigm, it's, it's going, it will leave you by, I don't want you to suffer any more than you have to, any more than we're called to do. But unless you've got that, that one eye cocked to the side, spiritual eye, paying attention to this stuff, you will be sucked down the tube with all the rest of the world as far as deception goes. Because that's the next big thing on the agenda. It's a strong delusion. Amen. That they should believe a lie. And why is it they believe a lie? Because they did not have a love of the truth, bless God. And I'm trying my best to tell you the truth. And I'm praying to God the Holy Spirit will put a 100% emphasis on it. It's so important. The Bride of Christ is an army. Yes. With banners. With banners. And in Ephesians 6, it tells us what our weapons, our armor is, and we have an offensive weapon, which is the Word of God. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the gates of hell is a defensive position, is it not? If I'm attacking a city and I come to the gates, I'm the attacker. I'm the one in control at that time. I'm mastering the attack. And they are defending behind their gates. And I believe that's the mental attitude that the Lord Jesus Christ wants his end-time church, his bride of Christ, to have. That they are taking the offensive, they are using the weapons, they are using the power of the Holy Spirit, and using the power of the Holy Holy Spirit is using them to speak forth the Word of God, to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, to attack serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, to cast out devils, to, to bind principalities and authorities of power and every imagination, every word, every theory that comes against God's word, they come against it, and they attack the gates of hell and have the devil in disarray and in ashamed of his confused state placed upon him by the Spirit of God on the word of God that's being used by the church of Jesus Christ. Folks, let me tell you a paradox. Let me me show you a paradox. You know the Bible, if any of you know the Word of God, you know that the Lord says that no weapon formed against us will prosper, right? Amen. And that's what it says. Glory, hallelujah, pick up a sword, right? Let me show you the paradox to every bit of this, what we're talking about right this second. Go to Romans 8, David. Yes. Let me show you a paradox. Okay. See? This is what I. This is what, like one of those paradoxes I was talking about a while ago. It's kind of like an oxymoron. Won't you start reading? 
in verse 29. I'll just read, start reading verse 28, read to the end of the chapter. And people spiritually listen. Listen with your spiritual ears this time. Okay? I'll point out to you the paradox. You know, you see how, what kind of victory you, you want to talk about victory and tearing down the, uh, the satanic strongholds and everything? Well, I'm going to show you something. Yes, we also have this side, this aspect. Amen. You can't forget either side. Like I said, it's a paradox. Amen. It's like the blessings and sufferings thing I was talking about earlier. See, I knew I was getting to this. That's why I brought it up. Brother Dave, go ahead and start reading it. Okay. 28. Romans Wait, well, chapter no, 8. No, don't, don't start at 28. Start at 26. Okay. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Every one of them's in the past tense, folks. And you got this this woman running around on Facebook that was one of my so-called acquaintances or friends, whatever they call them. I found out what she was out there blowing her mouth off about. I got rid of her. She is uh, some of y'all's friends. Her name's Deborah Simon. Teaching everybody that you're saved by works and that, that grace, those people that teach you're saved by grace, is that you're going to go to hell. That you only get that, you, that you own, that you work your way to heaven. I wrote a whole many thesis on the verses and posted it on Facebook this morning. I got rid of her as soon as I could. You talking about poison in the body of Christ? You talking about somebody deceived? We know the first one that was ever deceived was a woman to start with. You're not even supposed to listen to them in the house of God. They're not supposed to open their mouth. And I don't mean that mean to you spiritual ladies. I, how many times have I got to brag on you, Proverbs 31 women? I'm just telling you what the book says. And this woman Amen. running around, oh, she's of our persuasion as well. And the Anglo-Israel truth, hollering, work saves, work saves. And I, and, 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 and I got so, I got so, hey, Brother Tony got me so fired up about it, I had to go post something this morning about it. It made me sick to hear that. So I got rid of it. And I ain't going to hope for no idiot like that. And I say that with charity. No, kind, no telling what kind of Bible they're using because they're using all kind of freaked out names for God the Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I just wanted to throw that in there. I told Brother Tony I was going to, and I just did. Okay? So if you're listening, Deborah, I say this with charity. You need to re, you need to back off a little bit 
and do some fasting and praying and some actual studying and learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. I know where all those verses are you go to, and it ain't got jack squat to do with the bride of Christ. Nothing. Not at all. You can't work for something when you've already got it. Free gifts are given away. You don't work for a free gift. If righteousness come by the law, it says in Galatians 2.21, then Christ is dead in vain. I mean, it's not even worth arguing. The reason I'm even bringing this up is in case you're listening. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy saved us. How much plainer, my God, can you get than that? Yeah, but it says in Revelations, these are these that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. See, you're all out in left field. That ain't got jack squat to do with you. You've listened too much to the historicist. You don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. And I say that with all love as I can muster. And I mean that. I don't say it with animosity. But there, don't go around spewing that stuff to a bunch of babies that can't rub two verses of Scripture together that might fall in behind that kind of teaching and listen to it. What I've just quoted to you has been taught for 2,000 years. Polycarp taught it. Ignatius taught it. Tertullian taught it. You want me to keep on? The ones that walked with John taught it. The church fathers that walked with Irenaeus taught it. You want me to keep on? See, you don't. You've got to be careful. You're accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth. What person that's searching for the truth might pick up on such false doctrine and run around trying to do good works thinking they're going to earn their way to glory when the one that made them died for them and bought their free ticket there? Like Paul said, and I'll repeat it one more time, if righteousness come by the law or by works, then Christ is dead in vain. You want to pitch yourself against God's righteousness? Go right ahead. Good luck. For God made him, Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's how holy that is. Okay, now back to what we were talking about. I had to throw that in there, Brother David. Go ahead. Okay. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay, yeah, God's for us. We can step on serpents. We can do all this mighty, wonderful stuff. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true, but watch what happens next. Go ahead, brother. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Go into one of these things. Go ahead. Amen. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is not he that you. condemneth? See, it's God that justifieth, not you. How did he justify you? By his blood. Therefore, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Go ahead, David. Amen. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. There you go. There, there. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter, and we've got all the wonderful, mighty weapons of God. What's going on here? What's happening here, folks? See, there's more to it than you think. You better study that book. Continue, brother. Yeah, it's a war. It's a war. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that love of God for us, for God so loved the world, that love of Jesus Christ for us, that he drank the cup of wrath for us, that he said, Father, it's finished. He did it for you and I. Yet he allows all this bad stuff to happen to somebody that prays four times a day, fasts four days a week, reads their Bible continuously, and still he lets it happen. Somebody that puts on all the armor of God daily. Yet still they get slaughtered. The only, you have, you have to, you see, the only thing you can do is bow the knee to a just and holy God and say, Amen, Father, you know what's best. But see, through obedience, you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do then God will do the rest according to his will. Is that hard to understand, David? No, no, I, that's a an element of conquering that is totally spiritual that I think is beyond a lot of people. That well, in the midst I'll, I'll, of show their you, I'll show you how uncomfortable it is. Go to, Rome, yeah. go, to Rome, go to Romans 11, read the last two verses. I mean, it's not... A con- confusion here, but you know what I mean to the yeah, general it, it, church. It, but this is confuses a lot of people because you won't learn the book. Yeah, you won't study the book. You won't pray. You won't see God's face. You won't rightly divide the word of truth. You want to find somebody to grab onto their shirt tail too, and it, it wind up falling them into hell. Is what'll happen? 
The Lord Jesus said he's going to send the Spirit of God and he's going to lead and guide us into all truth. That's the Spirit of God. He is going Amen. to lead and guide us into all truth. Not Don Spears or David Kennedy or anybody yeah. else. He calls us out as ministers to do his will. It's our job to stay as right as we can to give you what the Spirit of God gives us. Then it's your job to prove all things and hold fast that which is good. See? See how that works? Read the last two verses in Romans 11. Okay. Romans 11, verse 35. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. That's the last two verses. Well, the last three verses. It, that, that, okay. that's, then it's the last three. I'll start at uh, verse 33 at the paragraph marker. Oh, the depth of the riches, both go. of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, what I just told you fits that to a T. What I've just explained to you fits that to the very T. Continue, brother. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Amen, amen. and amen. And see, if you understand that, and you truly love him, you can bow the knee to your heavenly Father, who loves you so much that he died for you, and bow the knee and say amen to whatever comes, as long as when you're obedient to what he says. See, folks, it, it boils back down again to being obedient. If you're obedient, the love grows and grows and grows. Then there's no such thing as anything happening by chance. Then you realize that the book plainly lays it out that there's no such thing that happens by chance. That for the elect of God, everything is cut and dried. We're signed, sealed, and delivered. But we have to fight the warfare, and we have to be obedient, and the love has to grow, and we have to be brought into that perfected man by trials and tribulations. That's what we were put here for a reason. Like I said, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. Amen. It's not here for your pleasure. Things are not here for your glory and your pleasure. You were put here for a specific reason, and that was to glorify God. And everything that he did, made, put here, the whole reason is for his pleasure. We read it the other night, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Until you accept that in your heart, Honestly accept that with your heart and fall down on your knees, spiritually or physically speaking, in repentance and turn that heart over to him, knowing that he loves you enough to die for you, you're never going to get it, folks. You're too caught up in your own, whether you know it or not, you're caught up in your own pride and self-righteousness so much, you've been deceived and you don't even know it. 
And don't you even come at me with you can't be deceived. The Apostle Paul said even he was deceived sometimes. We've all been deceived. You've got to stay in the book. The closer you get to the Lord, the closer you will get to the devil. And you can't hallelujah yourself out of it no matter how hard you try. Just like God has no use for a worthless vessel, Satan has no use for a worthless vessel as well. So he goes after the vessels that God can use. That's the ones he attacks. You want to kill the general. You want to cut the head off the serpent, not chip along at his tail. Nipping at his tail and cutting off a little piece of his tail here and there don't do anything. You want to chop the head off. When attacking an army, you want to take the generals and captains and lieutenants out. Then the whole battlefield's in disarray. Amen. Thou therefore in your hardness, folks, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. True Bible-believing, biblical, spirit-filled Christianity is so far away from the actual way it was after the day of Pentecost in the days of the Apostle Paul and Apostle John, you, they're light years if there was such a thing of separating each other. You're supposed to love being a slave. You're supposed to love your master. Amen. And if you don't, Paul says, let him be accursed. Any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, or a curse till he comes. 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Brother Dave, we will not get into Ezekiel tonight. If you would, dismiss us in a word of prayer, brother. Okay, and just, we had one question Chad asked in the chat. If all our computers have demons, what should we do? We're using them now. Didn't say all, all computers did. No. I, I'll I'll just quickly answer what I meant and and then please add. Um, I was talking about artificial intelligence systems that are running the world affairs, that are running international government, international banking, you know, the one world order systems, the one world military orders, the alphabet agencies, these artificial intelligences that they use that run them, these systems have gone to the place where they don't even have the ability to totally figure out how they're coming up with these answers and what equations and formulas they're doing because they're, they're learning and changing things within their own systems. And I believe these systems are what are strongly influenced by demons, Pratt's been taken over. That video that I sent you to watch, Chad's got it all in it. Yeah. That that that, that it's all in that video that um that's where that came from. I and I'm not to... saying personal computers can't 
at times have influence from demons as well. well of, of course, of course. Especially but, if folks, you're watching. I want you to keep your <laughs> mind on. I want to keep your mind on the last topic I'm talking about. Yes. Not about computers, and that's not what I want you thinking about as we end this program. Amen. I want you thinking about the the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood shed for you, and your obedience to Him, and your service to Him in your own personal relationship and this book. That's what I want your mind on. Yes. That's what the Holy Spirit wants your mind on as well. Deal with it in your own heart. Brother Dave dismisses. Okay. Father, I give you thanks for this evening. I thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit spoke to us tonight and exhorted us to take a stronger and more diligent, heartfelt stance in our service to our Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would put off all sins and things that encumber us and keep us from complete devotion and service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that this message tonight would be replayed by everyone and that everyone would sense what the Holy Spirit is speaking to them on an individual basis, what the priorities are, how we use our time, what we use our time on, what we do with our own personal leisure time. And Lord, I pray that we would structure and order our days by the Holy Spirit in the instruction of the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit would show us what the instructions from the Word of God are for us. And they're clearly outlined in the scriptures, and we've talked about them tonight. And by the Holy Spirit, I pray that each one is exhorted and corrected in these matters and comforted where comfort is needed and exhorted. Lord, I pray that there would truly be a move of the Spirit of God among us, among those who even come by casually and download, that they would realize that it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and our service to Him and what He's done and about Him getting what He's due to Him. And it's not. The secondary afterthought is about us being Israel and, you know, us having this and being blessed and being saved and born of the Spirit. All these things are secondary to the Lord Jesus Christ and our service to Him. We are not belittling what God has done for us in any way. We are tremendously grateful. But we know that now that we are His in spirit as well as body and soul, that we are in our position are to do works, but not for salvation, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for His service. And tonight, Lord, I pray that those that desire to do works have the true motivation for their works, that they are born in the Word of God by the Holy Ghost and serving the Lord Jesus Christ in their works, not to gain salvation, but yes, to gain rewards perhaps on the other side, but not out of uh, desire or lust for just rewards, but out of desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, Lord, I give thanks for this, and I pray 
that you continue to work with us this week and the rest of our life and to build the church of Jesus Christ. And for all these things, I'm truly grateful. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 God bless each and every one of you. Sunday night, we'll definitely get here and do Ezekiel chapter 38. But the Spirit of God led a different way tonight, folks. I pray that you take it to heart. Folks, we're all just a bunch of wicked sinners saved by grace. And all we can actually say is, Lord, whatever we do, it was our duty to do it, and we do it because we love you. Amen. Good night, everyone. We'll see you Sunday night. Give me a call when you get a chance, David. Yes. Bye-bye. Good night.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.